Hello and welcome to Orbital, the Gadget 360 podcast. I'm your host Akhilara, and today we're going to talk about the best phones that were launched this year. To do that, we have Fazal Kabusa, founder and chief analyst from TechArc. Hey, hi Akhil. Hello. Hi everyone. And from the Gadget 360 team, we have the reviews editor Jamshed Awari. Hi. And the senior reviewers Rodin Sarejo. What's up? And Sheldon Pinto. Hi. Hello. Oh, uh, it's a full house. So I think one of the coffee is that I feel like this has probably been like a Just like a mainline thing for like phones for the past couple of years, but I might be wrong. It's just my opinion, so I want I want you guys to sort of you know disagree with me if you disagree. Is I feel like phones are generally just like boring these days. Uh, is that how people feel, or are there contrasting opinions here? Right, and mind you, what what's your view? Yeah, I wouldn't say they are boring. I mean, in the sense we have had some uh, pretty good uh, smartphones this year as well. You know, despite still the prevailing pandemic and everything, uh, I think we've we've had some we've seen some pretty good phones launch in the market this year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, in terms of I'm um, innovation, if you're talking about uh, it's there's nothing maybe like brand new that we haven't seen before. But I think whatever uh, did launch, let's say a year ago. Or even two years ago, we've seen a lot of hmm. you know uh, incremental updates and some pretty significant ones as uh, as well. Especially if you look at the folding phones, you know this for the first time, uh, Samsung has managed to make them waterproof, which with you know people thought wouldn't be possible because of the way they are designed. But again, I think that was again a big leap forward, even though it didn't really uh, you know it, it's not something to. show or uh, it's not something you can see it's not visually something that you can uh, see as a major improvement but it is a big improvement in my opinion and you know in general i think in all the flagships this year also we've seen some pretty good uh, updates in terms of uh, hardware and even capabilities uh, for you know the cameras and the socs that we've got this year so i think it was overall it was a pretty decent year all things considered right we do all people stand i mean if you if you say boring sure in the sense that everything is much the same you know we've reached a level where um features are pretty much the same across every price level and there's nothing vastly different to get excited about but that's also a pretty good thing because you know um you know we in our privileged positions can say that oh there's nothing new and great but the person who's buying say an 8000 rupee phone or a 10000 or 15000 rupee phone is getting the benefit of all these things that are now trickling down and you know the competition that is fierce enough that uh, manufacturers really have to uh, up their game on that level and we've also seen a lot of constraints in terms of uh, chip supply uh, shipping distribution rising costs of everything uh, currency uh, exchange rates so there's not a lot that manufacturers can do at each price level right in some cases you'll even see cutting back of features compared to previous generations and trade offs here and there um so boring is this good sort of status quo that we're right right now call <laughs> it an inflection point if you want to um because there's a lot of people who are getting a lot of value right so from what we've seen of like this year i mean which is pretty much all of most of the year fazel what do you have you sort of you know in terms of like jamshed spoke about the supply chain side of beefly but like from the buyer sort of and you know those sort of buying trends what have you sort of noticed okay um so first of all i would agree with uh, you know others that yes it has become very very predictive what's uh, you know 
available out there in the market. Uh, uh, yes, uh, so to say, innovation has slowed down, but uh, there is a lot to do, uh, you know, with it also because of these supply chain constraints. Right now, overall brands are playing what I would say. They are playing safe, they are playing to their strengths, so not going here and there. Uh, from consumer point of view, uh, again, the trend remains the same. You know, uh, there is a lot of replacement happening uh, in the market. In fact, the replacement is driving uh, two-thirds of the sales. Uh, but at the same time, when we say replacement, it's not exactly a replacement. It's definitely an upgrade. Uh, people are, you know, spending... Um, 15, 20, 25% more uh, than what their previous purchase and obviously that is giving them a better spec, better experience device. So that, um, you know, I would say the journey for looking for better specs, better experience is something what is driving uh, consumers to buy new smartphones. Right. Sheldon, you review a lot of ones for us which are, you know, in the budget or the mid-budget segment. Um, so, you know, like Jamshir, sorry, Royden, sorry, spoke about, you know, the interesting that's happening, like in the premium segment with the like, Galaxy Flip, rightly noted. Uh, what have you sort of, like, have you seen, like, you know, the Jamshir spoke about, like, sort of getting better features or like maybe not that much happening because of the pandemic, but like, what's been sort of your overall takeaway from what's been happening in the, you know, 10 to whatever 30 segment? Yeah, I think it's also quite exciting. Uh, oh. The entire, it kind of looks dead from far away, but then there's a lot happening if you look closely. Like this whole uh, trend of like 5G hasn't even, I mean, we don't even know when it's going to come here, but mm. everyone's prepping, everyone's building on. This entire year was just about that with budget phones. Everyone's getting out one 5G smartphone here, one 5G smartphone in that segment. And they're trying to build on this whole thing very slowly. It's almost like, you know, it's setting up for 2022 when things will be all right. right. Hopefully be all right. And then, you know, everyone will come out with uh, a lot of more features. Things. Right now, everyone's just playing it safe, as Fezzel said. Uh, so it it, it, it it kind of seems just like that. So it, it's all about preparation for next year. This year was kind of a bit dull and more about everyone launching a 5G smartphone or giving a little more than what they had last year or sometimes not even that much. It's almost the same stuff that came out last year in a different design or some, yeah, that's just about it, yeah. Yeah, Jamshid, go ahead. Yeah, what I can just add to that is uh, something that one of our previous guests on the podcast, Madhav from Realme, said. He pointed out that uh, between MediaTek and Qualcomm and whoever else you have, um, no one else is really making non-5G processors anymore for them to buy, even if they wanted to. So India doesn't have 5G networks yet, but the rest of the world has moved on. And, you know, these global companies will cater to that. So manufacturers don't really have much of a choice and they've been squeezed a little bit and you'll see features um, like additional cameras starting to now fall away from phones that are priced under 15,000 rupees. You'll see maybe some compromises in terms of screen quality, um, various other little ways in which margins can be squeezed. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we were discussing just this with Redden and... Shanoi last week. Yeah, when when in previous years we had a lot of competition in the sub 15,000 and sub 10,000 rupees spaces, we really haven't seen that many banner launches under 10,000 rupees. Like even, uh, you know, Xiaomi's popular Redmi series, we've had the Redmi Note 10s, but we haven't had that many Redmi 10 models. 
um, and you'll see this across brands. So the attention really has shifted to the 20s and the 30s where we've seen more launches than we did in previous years and that was sort of a dead zone previously you know with all the budget phones giving you everything you wanted or the premium flagships for those who really just want the best of the best and nothing in between but now that in-between space is filling out quite nicely and as Faisal said with a lot of people spending that much money and a lot of people replacing previous phones you know more so than new first-time smartphone buyers that's where attention has shifted over this year right why didn't sort of we were speaking about some of these points last week right when we were discussing the Redmi Note 11T yeah um, and you sort of spoke about you know there are older phones that were better which were probably were they 2021 or were they 2020 phones as well like mostly i think 2021 from phones itself like phones that launched in the beginning of the year around right. like uh, feb march and most like you know some of these companies tend to do like uh, they tend to refresh their you know uh, main flagship line uh, twice in a year like really mm. xiaomi they have a habit of doing that so i think that was one of it i think that 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 thing of you know i think they were just to keep things fresh and keep things new uh you know we've seen a lot of newer phones come in maybe as sheldon pointed out you know a lot of manufacturers are rush, rushing to offer 5g options or just you know uh replace their existing 4g phones that they launched maybe at the start of the year with the uh, 5g alternatives but you know these new 5g chips not all of them are maybe uh you know that um, i mean it would be that cost effective to the oem to make so you know if you're offering a 5g chip uh at that same price then you have to compromise somewhere else and this could be in terms of maybe the design the materials used to build the phone or you know, sometimes even just plain features like you know camera modules will be dropped so in that sense or the display yeah. quality like as we're talking last week or the display quality yeah so there's definitely going to be compromises for in in you know in favor of something else and you can cannot have uh, everything that you had before and a brand new tech at the same price without you know either slashing your margins really thin or maybe taking a hit right so this segment sort of has been sort of battered around this year what sort of seems to be consensus but from the phones that you guys have tested and Faisal, I'm already joined this discussion as well. Like what sort of stood out to you? Like what were you declare as like the winners of these sort of 10 to 30 segment? Yeah, in the uh, 10 to 30 segment, uh, I think in, in my opinion, the phones that stood out to me would have to be, uh, you know, the Redmi Note 10 series, especially the 10, the Note 10 Pro and the Note 10 Pro Max, hmm. uh, because when you know everyone was releasing uh 5g phones uh this is again in the first half i think of the year xiaomi was sticking to 4g like their motto was you know we would rather give you better features instead of like one feature like 5g which you cannot even use and in doing so i think they really really raised the bar for the kind of features you can expect from a sub 20,000 rupee phone so i think those phones are even till now like if you go in the market i think those are still some of the best phones you can get in that price range Again, if it does, they don't have 5G, but then it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, at least, honestly, they don't at least compromise what I was saying is that they don't compromise on, you know, the the important bits uh, in favor of 5G. Uh, what brands like Realme and uh, Realme Sub and Zone, all these have of 5G phones, 
and uh, you could easily see like we had poco right right we had poco uh, we had poco m3 5g i think yeah uh, uh, the nazo 30 5g and the realme note 10 t 5g which all had the same hardware inside they just looked different on the outside and they had different software running in them otherwise in terms of battery charging everything you name it is this is literally the same hardware so initially redmi played it like safe they were like okay we are not going to go into this 5g thing they just going to launch 4G smartphones offer better value but then just a month later i remember writing a piece on this and uh, just a month later i think it just came out and then everyone like okay i thought you guys stood for better value but now you've also launched a phone with the same hardware as realme and uh, poco and it's almost at the same price and that was the confusing part when i was reviewing those three phones as well is this somewhat like you know can you talk about if this is like almost influenced by like sort of what you know consumers want in that you know brands adopt end up with the sort of same specs as other brands so uh i think it's a mix of both uh yes at times you know eventually consumers are you know expecting similar things when we talk of different segments but then i know i think presently it's more driven supply chain driven um, you know right the decisions out there um i think in this segment you know the primary focus was around maybe gaming uh, then also around also some of them also tried for um, you know better battery capacity and battery as a feature uh and overall you know one more thing which has definitely picked up is the audio experience you know because now people are on calls and other such things this content consumption as well so that's one more feature i think which uh, consumers are definitely looking in this segment right jamshed do you want to close out us on this segment before we talk about the premium phones yeah i mean i think we've talked about commodification a lot you know there's only so much that companies can do and there's only so much that's new like you know we don't need screens that are that much sharper than full hd at current sizes we don't need um processors that are that much faster because our games run well enough and whatever else we need to do but the one or two areas in which manufacturers should be concentrating to add value is first of all cameras um we're still seeing a lot of space for improvement in mid segment uh, phone cameras especially in low light especially with video um this is one of the main things that really differentiates brands and again because it's not just about the sensors and the lenses you use but also the software uh the choices that you make regarding how pictures are uh, processed and saved and how colors are interpreted and uh dynamic range and various various other factors that are uh tweaked by manufacturers on uh you know incrementally for each device and the second is software now you know companies have gone back and forth on whether to have their own custom android skins whether to do stock android you know how deep to make the personalization how much to you know maybe copy iOS or just do something different for the sake of being different um and i don't i think they've all realized now that they're not going to build loyalty that way that people are just going to buy whatever's whatever makes the most sense for them not a, they don't need continuity in terms of ui conventions or whatever but there is still scope to add value added features um you know things like 
a gaming mode or um, screen color calibration uh, profiles settings uh, kids mode uh, you know just basic home screen customization various things like that um, and that's that's an area where i think emphasis will have to start coming in but um, that's only if the companies are willing to put resources into developing that sort of thing and as we've seen with giant conglomerates like bbk essentially saying that no it doesn't make sense for oppo and oneplus to be separate uh, in terms of their software development let's merge that um it, it's it's going to be an interesting question to see how uh, the companies really approach this going forward right um so ryden do you do a lot more premium phones for us at cash 360 so can you i mean it's a vast market now because it's like goes from what 35 to 1.3 lakh um so obviously it's not one thing happening but what were sort of the main beats that were occurring this year mm, i think in the premium segment we've i mean it's it's the similar trend that we saw last year itself you know i mean uh, it's again the focus is on uh, you know offering a better camera experience overall and uh, you know obviously you have the premium materials and uh, the fastest uh, chips uh, and uh, you know uh, Storage is also another uh, big option, but I think this year we also saw, uh, you know, a lot of these other form factors uh, also kind of take, uh, you know, the center stage. Like I think Samsung had the new edition of the Fold 3 and the Flip 3. I think that was a pretty big uh, announcement again especially considering the features that they offered compared to their previous generations and we're slowly seeing you know other companies as well at least attempt uh to you know compete with uh, samsung's offerings because so far it's only been samsung and uh, i think huawei but huawei hasn't really done much with their uh, first foldable at least in india at all and motorola as is again they have they have the razor but they're not really actively pursuing, doesn't seem at least that they're actively pursuing the foldables uh, segment. So that was one area I think where we saw some innovation. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, next year. Again, there are rumors of maybe Google launching a foldable pixel perhaps. Uh, that is something again to look forward to. But overall, I think in the premium segment, there wasn't something that was, uh, again, like I said, drastically new. We saw a lot of iterative updates uh, in terms of uh, phone design and uh, cameras. Uh, but I think apart from that, uh, there wasn't any some anything else that, you know, really stood out. Right. Um, so it's obviously about, you know, like components and prices as well. But like this stuff sort of matters a little less when you get to these segments. Uh, I was supposed to as also like, and but given like, you know, just we're still coming out of the pandemic, we still had like big waves this uh, year as well in India and globally. Uh, what was sort of, you know, purchasing decisions like were, were people actually moving upwards in terms of like buying more expensive phones just because of, you know, how the economy is working? Did we, was it like stagnation or even sort of rolling backwards in terms of how many premium phones were being sold this year? Sure. Um, I'd like to add to Royden, uh, you know, sure. what he was talking about foldables. So uh, we are just, you know, with the research uh, uh, where we see probably uh, foldable phones will make uh, 
revenue of uh, 2000 crores plus for the first time in india uh, which would be uh, roughly around uh, you know f- um, if i just look at samsung so it would be roughly around 5% of samsung's uh, smartphone revenues okay so so looks like uh, foldables have finally arrived uh, you know in 2021 uh, more from a premium segment for for oral users yes you know uh, that trend of buying more premium we saw how iphones for instance got sold around the diwali period uh, there is there and you know if you look at the average selling price right now uh, we were you know in the first half of this year we were around 15 15500 uh, but towards the end of the year, we you know we even saw uh, every selling price of twenty thousand plus uh, for smartphones, which averages out to around seventeen eighteen thousand rupees for twenty twenty one. So that is definitely a jump, uh, which indicates that people are buying uh, more and more premium devices. Uh, that's of course out there, and and we have to also remember that a lot of people bought their first four uh, G. Uh, smartphone sometime you know 2016 uh, 2017 onwards which was you know of course they do for replacement so that also you know pushes a user to the next segment uh, which you know becomes an opportunity for the premium segment out there and then i think covid also had its play because people could not spend on non-essentials so that money got saved and you know uh, people, a lot of people spent that money on gadgets and other such things right uh sheldon you did a piece recently for us that you know talking about phones premium phones that didn't make it to india but like the ones that we did get what was the most exciting ones for you <laughs> okay the, the one that we didn't get uh i think the most exciting one as i wrote it, it's right on top of the list over there it was the pixel uh, at least for me uh because of the new tensor chip that they had i mean this is the first time you had google uh or uh, coming up with its own hardware, I mean, running its software on its own, uh, its custom design chips, which is a big deal uh, compared to, I mean, like, you know, what Apple has been doing for a very long time. So, most people have said that, you know, finally you have a chipset and hardware that, you know, a Pixel phone rightfully deserves. So, uh, which we've been seeing on Apple iPhones for a very long time. So, this was finally the phone, but unfortunately didn't come to India. Uh, as they they said because of some uh, shortages of supply issues or whatever that they had, so that was a bit disappointing. Uh, yeah, that was like the main thing actually, uh, because they have been uh, the Pixel users have been stranded for like years now. It's it's they've not got a new phone since the Pixel Three XL in India, and there have been a lot of phones that came out after that that Google released, but nothing ever came to India except for the Pixel Four A, and that's also still selling. In India, but that's still limited to just the mid-range. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the phones. Um, in terms of the other phones, I think uh, so the Surface Duo 2. I mean, uh, it may have all sort of sorts of flaws and everything else that Microsoft had in the first version. The second one aimed to fix all of that, but again, uh, Microsoft does sell a lot of its Surface stuff it's, uh, off late. In India, so it's surprising that they didn't even bother to look here. And uh, yeah, but I'm not again. I'm not sure how many people would want to buy this phone. It it does look very interesting because again, it's the foldable form factor and something different, you know. So two displays and stuff like that. 
um, and moving down, it's like it's more like Sony has been like one brand I think that has been getting a lot of attention internationally, but it's not available here anymore. I mean, they left the market a long time back. I don't remember when. Uh, it's so long ago. Uh, but yeah, they have been coming up with some really interesting phones lately. But again, these phones, uh, Sony itself is not selling in India for I mean the mobile phones, the smartphones. But uh, yeah, those are, I think, the most important phones. And then Huawei has been missing in action for a very long time. Uh, P30 Pro was the last phone that came here. And uh, yeah, it was a brilliant phone. And the P50 Pro also would have put up a good fight against the Samsungs and all of that are currently dominating the segment. In the premium, as I, I think Auden also would agree that it's just about Samsung in the Android side of things. There's literally no, no TS. This year, there was a Vivo phone. But uh, Samsung really enjoying it over here. Yeah, ultra premium, pretty much Samsung is the only one. Yeah, so Huawei would have been like good competition here. But unfortunately, there's no Google. So they can't do anything about it. Right. Uh, so Ryder and Jamshin, you guys handle like, you know, the premium sort of phones for us when you're reviewing them. So like, do you want to talk about what your, I mean, this sort of predictable, I guess, as Shiller pointed out, it's pretty much Samsung on the Android side and then iPhone is iPhone. But like, did we, were they interesting in themselves? So I can talk about the new iPhones uh, this year's and I can tell you that they were not really that exciting. Uh, very incremental updates, um, pleasant to use, especially the Pros. Um, but as you know, the Pros are extremely expensive in India, disproportionately expensive. Mm. So the iPhone 13 mini stood out for me in particular because the battery life improvement really made it worth buying and I think right. hopefully as as Apple you know is apparently rumored to not replace it next year I hope that this model will continue to sell as a lower cost option in the future alongside newer models because there is an audience for it. The pros were good in terms of camera improvements the iPhone 13 sort of gets lost in the middle but what I will say is the best thing about these phones is that they come in at the same prices as the outgoing ones which meant the iPhone 12 and 12 mini fell in price um, and then subsequently they even went on sale so the launch of these new phones made it possible for us to get the older ones which are still excellent you know the 12 mini went on sale for um, I think it was just under 40,000 and the 12 went on sale for 49,000 and that's without exchanges without um, everything else on top of it so the best iphone 2021 is iphone 12 of last year um but but the, again because of the way that yeah. the positioning uh, of the stack allowed it to fall um we saw some really good deals during the festive season this year you know, I wasn't expecting that because economically, at least a lot of people were suffering and I didn't think that businesses would have such an appetite to give discounts, but evidently they did. So yeah, uh, 37999 for the 12 mini, 49999 for the 12. Uh, these were incredible prices. Right, so are Apple's phones is like, I mean, just not, not interesting because they're not innovating this year, but was it also because like they just like play it safe because they're at the top of the market and now they're sort of, it's just like, People are upgrading every three, four years. So they're like, oh, we need to just appeal to those that crowd. I mean, it's a it's a combination of all the factors that we've discussed already. You know, I mean, there is a point of diminishing return in terms of a lot of the features that you can give. And Apple 
in fact does quite the opposite you know like it makes you pay for the top end features and if uh, even if it makes sense to upgrade the middle level phones like the iPhone 13 and mini don't have high refresh rate screens and there's no reason not to because even a 15000 rupee android phone today will give you that but you don't get that you know you don't get the telephoto camera you don't get even the macro capability which is something we see on budget phones so apple is in its own universe you know when it comes to what it's going to give you for any uh, set amount of money um but i th i think they also have a multi year roadmap when they decide okay this is what we're going to do this year because we already know that this is what we're going to do next year right and right in with samsung like i mean obviously we know they're not feeling complacent just yet given they're the only one actually innovating with these flips and foldables but how are their mainline mainstream which is the bulk of their sort of premium phones doing yeah i think for me if i had to pick like the best android phone this year uh, even you know considering all the great stuff that oneplus and vivo and all of them are doing and even the xiaomi for that matter i think in uh, i would still say the s21 ultra which is their flagship is still i think the android phone to get Uh, or the Android best phone of 2021, my opinion at least. Uh, it's not because it's offers anything like drastically new, but again, there are a lot of little improvements and uh, changes that really make it great. I mean, uh, we already saw with the S20 Ultra when they this is the first time last year when they introduced uh, the three variants, uh, you know, and they introduced that 100x space zoom and a lot of other features. And the S21 Ultra just simply, you know, improves on all of them. And, you know, the quality of the optics is better, the software is better, the design of the phone is better. It is a large phone, but it just it just feels really really good and premium in the hand. And th this year, for the first time, they also added S Pen functionality. You know, so all those people who are waiting for the Galaxy Note. uh you you could technically use the S21 Ultra as a note because it did support the S Pen so i think in my opinion i think the S21 Ultra is still the phone to beat and again very soon i think we are going to see its successor early next year itself so yeah that was it for me right so i think what i want to close out with is um uh, each give you all of you like 30 seconds and you're going to tell me what you expect from 2022 like one thing uh doesn't have to be like multiple it's a lot of happening in this industry but like one thing that you think is going to like happen differently next year that you know you're looking sort of forward to uh so when we go one by one faisal you go first so i'm not expecting really something phenomenal but yes what would be exciting to see the you know the foldable form factor that would be definitely uh something i would look forward to in 2022 right Sheldon for me i think yeah i think the foldables will just improve and make themselves uh, like you know more attractive in the sense that they'll be more practical to use like uh, in Royden's review of the galaxy fold uh, and the flip he always used the word novelty everywhere so it's less like you know it's still not at that stage where it's it's actually that useful or is a genuine use case for a foldable phone compared to a regular phone so i think foldable is by the focus for be of course there'll be the under display camera and phones which show up here and there with under display cameras but i don't think is going to pick up that much yet right uh jamshed um i would love to see a more mass market foldable even if it has at the cost of uh, power processor power and other features you know something like samsung is rumored to do an fe version 
of its foldables and that could be really interesting. Um, but for the larger market, what I see is just more incremental improvements, um, more squeezing of margins on the budget side because of economic factors. And I think a rationalization of some of these features that uh, manufacturers have prioritized just for spec sheets, um, like quad cameras, which you know, of which three out of four are useless. Um, I think we'll see a couple of those features go away. We'll see high refresh rates becoming more of a selling point at lower prices. And hopefully we'll see 5G networks launching in India so uh, we can actually use some of this stuff. Fingers crossed. Um, and at reasonable prices. Right. Right, close it out. Yeah, uh, I am not really holding my breath next year for an affordable foldable because I, that's still, I think, a long way out. It would be nice to have that, but uh, I don't think we would get it. But what I would like to see more of is our, you know, compact flagship phones. So after using the iPhone 13 mini, I mean, I something that I really like that uh, you know compact size like there is no compromise in the sense you're getting all the you know flagship features of whether it's the camera or the processor but in like a really really compact form factor uh, again it's this size was a little too compact for me but again I, I want I want to see maybe more manufacturers you know release uh, smaller versions of the compact phones because there are a, I think there's definitely an audience for you know uh, uh, small phones and small phones don't necessarily have to you know compromise on the power or the uh, quality of optics and Sony I think was really really popular for making compact versions of its flagships and sadly nobody really followed that trend so I really hope this sort of catches on considering how you know good of an improvement the 13 mini is over the 12 mini I hope others too like on the Android side, you know, follow and maybe make this a trend. Yeah. All right. That does it. Thank you so much, Fazal, Jamshed, Ryder, and Sheldon for joining us and talking to us about the best phones of this year. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. No problem. All right. That's all for this episode of Orbital. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at KJC60. You can write to us at podcast at KJC60.com. And we will see you with a new episode next week.